Welcome back to the Turn of the Music podcast. This is episode 14, and I know what you're thinking. Episode 14, what are we doing in episode 14? I thought 13 was the end. Well, it's not. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and there are a couple other changes that we wanted to talk to talk about. Um, and before I do that, I have to, of course, introduce my co-host. Give me a C. Give me a J. That's hysterical. That's really funny. I, I'm so glad that you played yours instead of mine because I, I don't I don't have mine. <laughs> I had a feeling you wouldn't have one, so I just came up with my own. Yeah, again, <laughs> it's been really busy, and I just didn't get it. But I have like a couple ideas in mind, so I'm just gonna have to like knock them out and have them ready. And that was the problem with this one. This one, like I've had this in my mind for like a month. And I couldn't figure out the words. And finally, last week, I sat, I sat down with like the rhyming dictionary online. And I'm like, all right, I'm figuring out the lyrics, and we're going to get this thing done. And it, was, it actually took me longer to come up with the words than actually the recording. I did two takes on the piano, two takes on the vocals, and I was done. And I was like, all right, cool. That's hysterical. That was good. That was so, funny. Oh, thanks. I like it. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, CJ is here. Um, and uh, we're continuing with our running jokes of intros, because why not? Why not? So let's address the recording situation. So just to give you guys kind of an idea of what we've been doing, um, we got about about seven or eight weeks ahead in terms of our recording. And one of the things that we're noticing is that there's a lot of stuff that's happening like every day and like there are new releases. And I, I, I kind of want to talk about some of the new releases. Like, for example, today, um, Shaggy came out with a new album. I'm not sure if you're aware of the Shag Shaggy's new album. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. So Shaggy came out with a new album today. He is covering Frank Sinatra songs, and it's produced by Sting. So so we should acknowledge the fact that when you listen to this episode... Yes, this will be seven weeks old. Yeah. But what we want to do is when these things happen, we want to be a little bit closer to the actual release date. So um, now that we have seven episodes ahead, we're going to start waiting to do our recordings um, and do our recordings kind of more in live you know, within a week of, of the release date. So um, we were building them up because we weren't sure how long the editing process was going to take and how our schedule is going to you know, work out. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the first change. So that's that's going to be a fun change. What else are we changing up? Well, I think do you remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the so the other thing that we're gonna change up is what we're doing. I think, I uh, you know, we were kind of like doing interview artist spotlight, interview artist spotlight, and I think that we're just gonna kind of go with the flow and see what happens. If we pull up an interview, yeah. it's gonna be an interview. If we don't, mm -hmm. you know, we don't know if we're gonna label them as artist spotlights because it's also gonna be a matter of what we're talking about that week. If something happened that week or prior to us right. talking, yeah. and. We're hoping that doing it this way will uh, we can engage our listeners a little bit more because we do have engagement, which is awesome. It just we would like to get even better engagement. So the yeah, conversation I mean, the could engagement, be more. And this goes back to the first thing: is our engagement is seven weeks after we right. recorded. So you know, we're our our brains are seven weeks ahead of everyone, and you know, trying to keep those dates straight is difficult. So so we um, 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be a little bit diff- different with, uh, you know, the editing process, but, you know, that's all on our end, so you guys don't care about that. But Yeah, yeah. and um, I don't think there's much, I don't think outside of there's much, of that, I think we're just having so much fun and we got to that seventh episode thinking we were halfway and we're like, no, no, yeah. we're not, we're not halfway. We're just enjoying this too much and we're going to take this. We don't know how many episodes it's going to be, you know, if, if yeah, it'll probably be in this 20 ish yeah. range, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to put a number on it because we've already done that and blown right through it so and you know if we just keep going we just keep going you never yeah. know um so I, I we appreciate you to all that have been hanging out who's been listening mm-hmm. to it who yep you know the day that it comes out or a few days later um those that are joined in the middle you know you can always go back and listen to those first episodes if you like you don't have mm-hmm. to even though we may reference them we still kind of give you a little bit of background. Yeah, I don't think that you need to, you know, start from the beginning. Exactly. I mean, we'd love for you to start from the beginning because there's a lot of, I think, really cool stuff in there. Um, but yeah. So that that's awesome. So I yeah. so keep listening, keep uh getting, and see what uh craziness occurs as we move forward. <laughs> yep. Um I and, and just so you know, we've been promised several introductions from CJ, so now I'm up to 3. So I got to catch you know, up. Maybe, you got to catch up. So, so, so I have to do three introductions. You know. Okay. So, <laughs> the side note to this, and this is that this is it's it's kind of like race car drivers where they make that joke where race car drivers make a make a complaint about everything and why it didn't work out. Um, I'm not trying to make a complaint. I'm what I'm trying to do is, you play piano, I don't. I play saxophone, so I'm trying to figure out the best way to kind of give a little background instrumental to it, right? Without right. me having to clunk away at the keyboard <laughs> poorly so i well i can i'm willing to play for no no you. no no. it needs to be a little surprise to it okay no it's okay. gotta be so but so don't worry things will come so the next episode we will definitely have something and you know and uh, i no, no 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 you will have something i said I, me, I, me. I, yeah I'll definitely no you to. said we oh, wait, is what you said i did say wait <laughs> you tried to slide that in there but it didn't work <laughs> um so yeah so we'll definitely do that um cool I do want to correct one thing before I forget. Uh, we were talking about in episode twelve. We talked about um, the castrati singer, and mm. we're not going to get into what a castrati singer is. But it was you know back in the day, this was something that he did. There was I think we put some reference in there, but we mentioned about uh, I mentioned about a singer that made it into the nineteenth century and, re- and was recorded. Now, at that moment, I was not thinking properly. It Are wasn't you ever thinking properly. No, I'm not ever thinking properly. So I'm acknowledging right now that I wasn't at that moment. But he lived into the 20th century, so the early 1900s, which is when we were able to do any type of recording in the early 1900s. So they were able to record the last Castrati singer in the early 1900s. We're not going to play the the video i mean we could if we really wanted to do we want to play it because i do have the we'll just i mean if you want to play if not we can just link it all right so you know what we won't play it if you're interested go take a look take a listen uh there is a a a youtube um link that we'll put in the show notes and uh you can take a listen to what we mean by a castrati singer um there's a lot of really a lot of information on it they be they became these very popular singers you know so um there's a big history to it and I, I I it's just I don't know if it's an episode that would be interesting unless you're really into 
operatic classical. Well, something maybe we could talk about in the future when we talk more about singing. Yeah. So just and just just so you don't have to correct yourself again. There were recordings in the eighteen sixties. Just say that's a fair point. That's a very good point. I I'm, I guess because I'm thinking of his age at the time that he was start mm-hmm. he was singing. Right. They were recording. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or eighteen sixties. Yeah. Right. Nope. Yep. See. See, I'm okay with saying that I got the wrong dates. I, I'm totally fine with that. And I make yeah. mistakes. So that's why we say if you hear something and, and you know the correct information or we slipped and said something wrong, please tell us because yep. we do want to correct ourselves. Yep. Cool. Uh, so what are you listening today to th- this week, last two weeks, whatever? <laughs> I, I, I stayed on our uh, acapella Oh, did you? For a little bit, yeah. I was, I was, you know, I was listening to um, Rockapella, who uh, the last one of the episodes you, we ended off with Shambhala, which I think was part two of our acapella. Was a part one. Yeah, it was part. It was uh, part, part part two. One, I think. Huh? Part one. Part two? Oh, whatever. It was. I think it was part one because that was when we talked more oh, about right. acapella. Right, right, right. So, I so at the end. part one. So. Um, that uh, album, Smilin', is a very summery, springy album for me, mm. so I like to listen to that. It's one of those albums that, I, you know, drop the windows down. Even though it's acapella, it still sounds great and all that stuff. Yeah. They have a couple of, like, barbershop feel songs in it. So, mm. And it's cool because it was the transition of the Barry Carl and Sean Altman into their into the new people yeah. that have taken over. So it was, uh, I like that album a lot. And... Um, and then I just kind of let it play. Like after that album plays, Apple Music will just kind of find songs that kind of relate or match up to it. Mm-hmm. So a few groups came up like um, Home Free comes up. You know, every time I hear Home Free, I think like Home Fries. That's just <laughs> that's just the fat kid in me. And I, and I use that mm. I use that term with love. I don't say it in a bad way. Just I, I, I think of Home Fries. <laughs> you know what I really miss about Long Island? Um, Northport Deli had... Um, the hungry man it's like four eggs sausage bacon home fries hash brown all on like a foot long of uh, <sighs> i missed that <laughs> i don't know sorry if I, I don't know if i could ship that to you i don't know if it would make it no i don't think it'll it would make it to the packaging i would eat it before you got there no. so make <laughs> <laughs> it out of the park um and then uh little opera okay little opera so when what being that we that we know that we're seven weeks out, we rec- we're recording on what would have been my grandfather's uh, birthday. Oh, wow. So around this time, I tend to listen to to opera music, and I'll probably do it again around around July, which was which was when he mm-hmm. passed. Just because he was such a big music influence, he was important in my life. Um, yeah, father figure, that type of thing. So mm-hmm. all my grandparents were fantastic. I just you know the bonds that you build with them, and. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was listening to some opera like Pavarotti, certain arias uh, that uh, that he that my grandfather uh, loved to sing. So I loved listening to them, um, and also because my grandfather used to tell me stories about working with Pavarotti on the uh, you know in, in at the Met. So it was just cool to kind of listen to that. And didn't do any heavy metal this time. I normally sneak in a little heavy metal. Wow. Yeah, I oh, oh no no I lied. Never mind. <laughs> Definitely played the Hugh, the Mongolian group. Oh, nice. Shared it out with a couple people. I think I scared a couple people. <laughs> so, so do you have any recordings of your grandfather? Yes, I do. I, I have to. So uh, uh, almost a year ago, we moved and we've been mm-hmm. kind of like getting the house that we're in 
situated and it's still packed i i need to i need to pick that up i need to i have a few i actually have one where we sang together we sang um the impossible dream yeah we uh there was an opportunity i don't remember if i was still going to the to the school it was this was for the high school they were doing something and we were asked to sing and that he was asked to sing and he said no i him and i should sing and we did the impossible dream and we kind of just split the parts a little bit so uh, it was very cool so I, I think i have that as well so i'm looking but let's talk about recordings real quick because mm-hmm. i think this will lead into some of the discussion we'll have okay. um, actually you know what i'll bring this up after you what have you been mm-hmm. listening to so um a couple weeks ago i had a very bizarre text get sent to me and it was one where I had to make kind of a, an awkward decision, and um, I don't want to get into a lot of it. Um, I'll tell you off off air, but my um, eyebrow just went up. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was weird. It was you know it, it was a weird situation, and um, I I was asked to go to a meeting and then make a decision about something, and um, I when I got the text, I had made up my mind, and I went all right, I'm done, and then I said, you know what? I need to kind of listen to someone who's a lot smarter than me. So I went home, I did a little Googling, and I went, I Googled, Googled uh, Victor Wooten and Wisdom. And I came up with Because um, you didn't text that, me. You didn't reach out to me. No, I didn't text you, no, because <laughs> I, I needed someone smarter than you. Um, so I came up with a podcast um, that he did an interview on, and he was telling a story about um, how Chick Korea called him up and said, hey, I want you to play upright bass for my 75th birthday party Interesting. and he's like well i don't play upright bass and he goes i don't care that's what i want you to play it's my birthday um so anyway he gets into the show and he starts playing he gets to the part where he's soloing and he's really struggling going through the soloing stuff he's just all in his head and then you know the show's over he watches the video afterwards and what he realized was the entire time he was soloing chick was playing backup for him but at the same time he was feeding him solo ideas and because Victor wasn't listening, he wasn't able to get those ideas and solo off of them. And he wasn't having that conversation. And I went, interesting. all right, I need to have a conversation and not just walk in. And I did. And I changed my mind. And it was a good a good thing that I listened because um, had I not, things would have turned out poorly, I think. So um, because of that, I've been listening to a lot of Victor Wooten. Um I snuck. I, I to, snuck him in too because you brought him up in a text message, and I, I snuck him yeah. in a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. So I went back to his Yin Yang album, um, great album, and then yeah, and then his live album, and then I have a, a bootleg copy of a, a concert that he played up in Rochester with Stanley Clark. Oh, nice. Um, one of my favorite. You know, I mean, it's it's him, his brother Joseph, Reggie, and Dorico Watson on the drums. But you know, that, that's what I've been listening to a lot of. Um, and his new album, of course, which you brought up, um, the song Cupid in, in, in a text message, um, that we need to talk about the song. Cupid. Yes, there was, there was this, oh my God, that just, yeah. and, 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 I, and every time I listen to that song, I cry. Well, so, and let's break. So when we talk about it, you know, at the time of this recording, this is when we had a lot of the. I'm going to bring it up because and yeah, I'm not, yeah. you know, this a lot we've had. Mm-hmm. This was the school shooting in Texas. Texas. 
um, the shooting in California at the church and, and yep. a week prior, the, the Buffalo shooting. So mm-hmm. when we talk about this song, and, I, and we can talk about it in a bit, it just it hits you. It just hits yeah. you hard. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So Yeah, definitely. So you've been doing a lot of Victor Wooten. Anybody else? A lot of Victor. Um, that's really it. Uh, a little bit of Jacob Collier, too. Um, cause I, I really do want to do a Jacob Collier episode and it's, it's going to be a, a, a rough one to get through, I think because of, you know, the stuff that he does. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, kind of pick this up. I mean, I think his stuff is very listenable. Um, although Nick, who we talked to a few weeks ago, um, he disagrees that it's not listenable at all, but, um, Oh, and I think he, he comes up soon, Nick. His his uh, next week. Next yeah, week, he, right? Yeah, he, was, he goes well, live. Oh, okay. So, it, so. Uh, yeah. So next week, in the sense that he'll, you would have heard yes. him by the time you got here, right? Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um. So yeah, I've been listening to Jacob Collier and trying to figure out how to talk about what he does and how he does it in an episode and have people understand because I, it's. I mean. It's very weird, some of the stuff he does. I think he's going to be a two-parter, but I think he's a two-parter in the sense that we're going to introduce him, and then we need to Mm -hmm. kind of bring other artists that we can kind of bring in with him. Yeah. You know, um, because I think, I feel like in a sense, with him, you could bring in Victor Wooten and talk about that. And I think that's what we, we made. That's, you know... It'll be mm-hmm. an intense two-parter, but I think it'll be an exciting yeah. two-parter. Like, I don't think it's going to, yep. you know, so. Yep. Yeah. So after the the, the two weeks there, I kind of started thinking about, um, and this was kind of, so we, we really didn't have a plan going into this episode because this is kind of like another little interlude that we had before. We'll give you kind of update on where the podcast is and, and where it's going, um, you know. So one of the things that I thought would be kind of neat since, you know, I spent so much time thinking about Victor is talking about, our teachers, mentors, um, and, you know, people that have affected us, whether it be music or just, you know, life lessons, I think, you know, we need to give them kind of a shout out and, and, uh, you know, just a thank you publicly because I know for me, like I've gotten a lot from them and they just, they, they need to have that recognition, I think. So that's, that was kind of the idea behind the episode for tonight. So. No, no, I I totally agree, and I think it's something that once we kind of put it out there, I think it's something we're going to share throughout the future mm-hmm. episodes because it's just going to come back to us. Yep. So just before we get into that, I wanted to share. Um, so as you know, Kyle and I we met in college. Um, Kyle started a year after I did, and um, at the end of his second year, the end of my f- no, at the end of my second year, the end of Kyle's first year we did a choral invitational that was, uh, it was, I think it was spread out through Long Island. It was a bunch of high schools that came in yeah. and sang with us yeah. a, as a group. And then we, yeah. we, we did a bunch of different songs. I know Car- Carmina Barana was on that and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it was all, we were huge. It was a huge group of, of people on stage. Yeah. Uh, I remember this because I have a, I have a funny story I'll share. I don't know if you remember this, but I was going through some, I was going through some boxes and I knew that there were CDs in the box that I was going through. And one of the, what's a CD? Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I, I stream all my stuff. I found a compact disc, (laughs) Um, but I found a CD 
and it was the recording of the Coral Invitational. So I have yet had the opportunity to rip it onto my computer, um, meaning taking the files and put it up. Just joking, joking. R- rip it onto my computer. So once I do that, maybe that's something we can share a little. Yeah, a little off. yeah, definitely. Um, and it was just really funny because you know it brings back those memories of, of mm, doing yeah. this. The funny thing is, I don't know if you knew this or ever heard about this. So we needed risers from different mm-hmm. high schools and yep. there was a day where there, I forget which school it was, it was somewhere in, in Nassau because we were at post. So it wasn't that far from post. And I remember speaking to the lady in the, the, our production manager in the office. And she's like, we need to go pick up risers. I was like, okay. She goes, have you ever driven a box truck before? I'm like, no, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> so we go all the way down to, I think it was by, it was a sports center and there was like it was like a 14 or 15 foot or longer box truck and she's like we need to take this and go get the risers from the thing driving a box truck if you're careful you can make it worth i'm comfortable in most cars so i really never felt so get it we get in because she didn't drive so and i so i got we got in backed it out drove no problem you know not a big deal we get to the school and the 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 where we needed to go to get the risers was through this parking lot but the problem was there were cars parked on both sides and there was a narrow space and there was no way we were going to roll these risers down this parking lot into the truck so here i am backing up a 15 foot box truck first time ever because i different definitely didn't drive one prior to that backing up this 15 foot park drop uh, part into this parking lot with cars on both sides and I'm not talking about like inexpensive cars. I'm talking about some very expensive cars. And I'm backing up and there's a curve. Like I get to the middle, I have to curve the truck. I have to get right up to the garage. And it, I, we go back and we do this a couple, you know, and then we drop them off. Like she was like, how did you do that? I even got like some <laughs> random award while we were on in tour in Italy. It was like, and to Chris for being able to drive a box truck for the first time ever picking up <laughs> <laughs> but like that's like funny to me because i didn't remember that until i picked up the cd i was like oh my god this is what i did this what's funny is i remember driving a box truck with you at some point oh, i don't we think probably, it was that we, year oh that's right it, it, it might have been that year i don't know what year it was but i remember i because i used i was working at the hardware store at the time and i would i would drive the 15 footers and 24 right. footers all the time i was like whatever i don't care right. i had trailers behind me whatever you know i was picking them up and driving them all over so I don't remember where we went. Maybe we were dropping the you. risers off. It's very possible. We might have been. We might have been dropping yeah. the risers off. Anyway, so yep. like it's just so you brought teachers up and you know, and we've spoken about this before about how music impacts you in such a way that it brings back memories. So you may not know mm. it at that time, but you go and listen to a song, you pick up a CD or whatever, or a program or whatever, right. and you're like, Oh yeah, I forgot I did this. Oh, oh my god, I forgot mm-hmm. I sang this song or Oh, the experiences during this is awesome. So I say lead into teachers. Do you have someone you want to start off with? Do you, where do you want to I do. I do. Um, and this, this is kind of, it's kind of a neat story because and it kind of almost leads into what you were just talking about. So um, my f- very first um, music teacher in elementary school, her name was Sonia Paget. Um, I ended up actually working with her son came in as a student teacher when I was in high school. So it was really kind of interesting to work with her and then him. 
But um, the very last church I worked with in New York before I moved out to Ohio was Northport Presbyterian Church, which is the church that she attended. Um, and she remembered me. And it was really neat because while I was at that church, I mainly sang in the choir. But as the organist and the choir director went on vacation, I'd fill in for them. So what she remembered that I was you know, learning the piano at the time. So it was really kind of, it was neat to be able to, after 30 years, be like, you know, I was, I started piano, you know, when I was with you. And then here I am 30 years ago, professionally playing in your church right before I moved to Ohio and started a new chapter of my life. It was, it was a neat little kind of bookend to that. Oh, that's cool. Whole, yeah. So she was, she was the first music teacher I had. Um, I don't honestly don't remember much of anything. I remember she was very, very tall and she wasn't as tall as I remember her when I, when, you know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, and, and um, her and Virginia Thomas was my first piano teacher, and between the two of them, um, really kind of solidified my love for music in the beginning. Um, unfortunately, uh, Mrs. Thomas is no longer with us, um, but I, you know, I was I, I remember taking lessons with her forever. So yeah, those those two. I mean, I wouldn't be here without the foundation from those two. That's awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. Yep, I um. For me, I, I the love for music has always been there because of my grandfather. Mm. Both my, you know, so a little quick, you know, my my mother's parents, my grandfather was the opera singer. My my grandmother, I found out at some point did some belly dancing and stuff like that, and she did sing. She wouldn't, you know, she didn't she didn't call herself a professional singer, but she sang in the choirs and whatever, you know, church mm-hmm. stuff. You know, my my grandfather, my father's side, he played violin. My my grandmother and my father said, I don't know if she loved music. I just don't know, like, if she ever partaked in the sense of playing. I don't think she did. Um, mm-hmm. But th- that doesn't mean she didn't sing. I don't, you know. But there was always a little something musical with everybody in the family. Um, yeah. But my grand my grandfather, the the one who uh, whose birthday was today, this you know being is he uh, his just his discussions about singing and being a part of the Met Opera Chorus, his his story getting he got there later in life. He was like thirty five years old when he got in. He mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't one of those things where um he was, he was around thirty five, maybe a little bit younger. But and 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 you know, funny story, that there's like a height thing. He he always had to had to wear shoes with lifts to make sure that he was the same height because they tried to keep everybody the same height. I mean it even goes as far as like there was a book out um one hundred met operas or whatever the title was and he's on the front cover you could picture him you could see him right on the front cover of the book yeah and so influence came from inside the the family inside the home it wasn't until i was so i sang in different things when i was younger like fifth grade we put on a play and i remember singing in that and whatever and then i played saxophone i started in fourth went through i my 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 one of my teachers in in, in um, middle school, Mr. John Pinto, and I I don't know if he's still with us. I I I I, I wish I knew. I don't know. Um, he was phenomenal. He was a saxophone. He was a finalist sax. He was like he played a few instruments, but he was phenomenal. Like made me want to play more in the group because he made it fun he made it interesting and yeah. he he balanced out the 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 this the discipline and the fun like he did a very good job doing that and we mm-hmm. had some really you know i was very lucky that we had some really great teachers 
in our district, but it wasn't until I got into high school, you know, um, that like I wasn't in the chorus. Ironically, I didn't get into the chorus mm. until 10th grade. Right. In ninth wow. grade, I was, I was asked to, uh, I wanted to be in plays. I wanted to go and stuff. This was about the time my parents were starting to get divorced and stuff. So it was just kind of like a, a nice outlet. And, um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I auditioned, you know, for the musical, uh, and I think I may have shared the story, but quickly, like I, I was beaten out by two other guys, which I expected. Like it wasn't like I was ninth grade. These guys were junior seniors. Like, you know, we have, that's how that goes. And that's cool. And unfortunately they had to pull out like two weeks before and myself and a friend of mine, uh, had to learn all those lyrics, all those songs, mm. choreographed dance moves in two weeks. And, wow. uh, it was fun. It was cool. And you know, it was a great time and the cast was fantastic. It made me feel comfortable and all that cool stuff. And <laughs> so the choral teacher, Mrs. Miss Nancy Pinto. Yes, she is. She was the ex-wife of the middle school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, also fantastic person um, was like, uh, why aren't you in chorus? You know, that type of thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and she influenced me to go in and then, uh, you know, not to bring up another teacher, but and I, I you knew him, Mr. Larry Sobel or knew of him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. He who passed a few years ago. I miss Nancy Pinto. I don't know. I haven't heard anything, but, um, right. Uh, Miss, Mr. Sowell, Mr. Larry Sowell passed a few years ago and he was a huge influence too. Like mm. he was hard on you, but he was hard yeah, on you was. because he knew he saw your potential, not because yep. he was giving you a hard time. It's because he wanted to get the best out of you as, mm. and it took me a while to realize that, especially because at the time, my parents going through a divorce, I was kind of like so close to everything that's going on. And then he's like that. And then him and my grandfather met and you know, they got, he got involved with the music and my mom got involved and it was very cool because a lot of things started to come together. And, and it's just, it's amazing how impactful that Mm -hmm. is, you know, like, so how did you know? I forgot. How did you know how Larry Sobel? Um, so when I was working at Cornet Music, Larry came in, he was working with Buffet at the time. Yes. Okay. Yes, um, yes, yes. The, the clarinet company yes. and Buffet would send him like instruments to test and he would give them approval right. and then send them back to France yeah. and all this sort of stuff. So we did a lot of work with Larry and he would came, he came to the store for us and he would cherry pick all of the really good Buffet stuff and make sure that we sold it in our This store. was after he retired from teaching yes. teaching larry mm-hmm. sobel was a ridiculous clarinet player yeah like really well known oh my god i mean and, and i mean if, if you're a clarinet player you know what but you know the, the quality of the buffet right. clarinets like buffet wanted him to test right. them because he was that right good. and um, yeah and yeah if you were a a reed player or a woodwind player i should say i don't know reed double you know whatever uh you know you knew him or you knew of him yeah. Yeah. And and all that stuff. So uh, that that's cool. That you so you so you knew him after I knew him, which is very cool too. Yes. I mean, I kept yeah. in touch with him, and you know, went to 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 college and everything like that. But mm-hmm. I knew the name growing up, but I didn't meet him until Cornet. Right, and that which was two thousand eight, maybe. Yeah. But that just goes shows you the impact of him as a musician and as an individual. I mean, you yeah. couldn't miss the guy. 
You yeah. couldn't miss the guy. I mean, he yeah. smelled the cigars. You know, mm-hmm. um, he just you couldn't miss him. He had the he had a he had the greatest beard, the greatest look. He had the yeah. little ponytail, and mm-hmm. and like I said, you know, meeting him, you may think he was just difficult to be with, but like you could sit with him and have the best conversations. Mm-hmm. And he was yeah. so down to earth, so and chill. Yeah, we just we would when he came into the store, we would just talk for hours. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, and he was that so. type of person. Like, and and he loved yep. talking. He loved talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, yep. that's amazing. So, you had your your two initial teachers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I'm gonna I'll go back to one in a second, but. So sure, share your sure. so, go from there. Uh, the next, I'll give I'll give you two new two other ones. So the other one, um, I forget why and how all this happened, but um, I switched piano teachers for a little while. Um, my mom's very good friend, Happy Erickson, um, started teaching at St. Paul's and uh, the school that, that my mom was working. Wait, at. say his name again. Happy Erickson. Why do I know that name? Oh, because she you you I think you've met her. Yeah. Oh, I totally yeah. did. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Now that clicked. Okay. Yeah, so she was the music teacher at St. Paul's, yes, yes, um, yes, yes. and I, I, for whatever reason, we switched from Mrs. Thomas over to, to her for a while, and then we switched back and forth. I don't remember why, but we did, um, and she was another great influence, and the uh, neat story about that is I ended up working with her at that school, um, and then when she was like out sick and stuff, I would cover for her, like her music classes and stuff, and rehearsals. Um, and the next one is, um, when I was in middle school, um, Don Sherman was um, our band director and he encouraged me and several other the folks in the in the band to form a brass quintet so uh, it was me and four of the guys it was we had two trumpets a trombone a tuba and I played French horn um, we formed a brass quintet when we were in seventh grade we played like nursing homes and churches and we did Nisma competitions um, but it was just really cool to have you know he was he was a you know, euphonium player um, and then ended up directing the Northport uh, Community Band uh, in the in the park for the summer so- stuff. Took over for Bob Kruger, and um, he was just just a love of music from him. And I ended up working with his wife. His wife was a librarian at the school that I taught at. So, and she's a phenomenal flautist. Um, in fact, the the last church I worked with that I was mentioning before, the Northport Presbyterian, um, they heard of her and. Debbie Jenks, who was the organist, and James Galway actually came and played for them, um, played flute because he was just so impressed with their music at that church. Sure. I unfortunately wasn't there at the time; I missed that all. But um, yeah, so so Don Sherman and Happy Erickson are the next two that really kind of helped propel what Sonia Paget and Regina Thomas started. That you know just kind of took what they that foundation that they did and that love and helped propel it forward. Um, that's when I hit high school, where I met um, Sandy Valerio, who was um, the foundation for my choral love. Um, and, I, I mean, he is the reason that college was a lot easier than it should have been, um, because of the training that I got from him, and how to perform, and what it means to not just, you know, not just sing what's on the page, but to sing the meaning behind the piece, and how to dissect a piece, and how to teach a piece, and... You know, there is I, I would not be able to do what I do today without him. Um, he was an Eastman graduate, um, actually went to Eastman for trumpet and then um, heard Larry Fleming, um, Larry Fleming's uh, Lutheran chorus and switched to doing choirs. And 
but he was a jazz major originally, a jazz trumpet major, and switched to playing piano and all, you know, just, and he was just, what a ridiculous pianist he was. Yeah. He was unbelievable. That's amazing. Um, you know, I mean, just, I mean, just watching him like read a full score and condensing it into, you know, a piano accompaniment on the fly, like blew my mind. Um, him and Walter Schneider, who unfortunately has passed, um, he was my music theory teacher in high school, and he was the one that was doing harmonic dictation. Um, but he was a Manhattan school graduate, um, and just a brilliant guy. And he was—he's very eccentric. He's—he. I remember one day, you know, he had like those desks that have like the, the chairs that have the desk built in. He took one of those and put it on top of his teacher's desk, and then taught sitting on top of the desk in that chair. Because why not? It's just, it's just the way he was, you know? That's And he'd come funny. up with, you know, little things like brown cow now and these little, like, bizarre phrases that he would just kind of blurt out every once in a while. But um, I remember at my senior year, he sight-read, because he was a ridiculous sight-reader, he sight-read um, part of Rachmaninoff's third piano concerto. Um, and he was a ponytail guy. And I was like, listen, if you're going to sight-read, you got to take the ponytail out. You have to have your hair down and flowing. <laughs> and he did. He just, you know... And uh, it was unbelievable. We, I had uh, me, uh, my buddy Will, and Steve sat in on that, and he just he sat read like four or five pages just because he could, and it was ridiculously good. That's amazing. So, That's very cool. Yeah, yep, it's very cool. Um, you know, you talked about private teachers. I uh, most of my vocal teachers were were in college. I really didn't have anybody within high school. Like I said, I was more of a late boomer when it came to the music. Mm-hmm. Like I played saxophone, but I didn't really do it. When I got into high school, um, Mr. Sobel, Mr. Larry Sobel, saw potential in me that I didn't see when it came to playing saxophone. But he uh, encouraged me to uh, take lessons with Joseph Impostato. Okay. So there was back in the day a Joseph Pastor Orchestra, which was basically a wedding band. And I found this out in the first few lessons uh, that this was the gentleman that I was working with. Now, the one thing I loved about him was when I told him that I was a singer as well, he incorporated my singing ability into my saxophone mm-hmm. playing. Which is why I tend to lean more towards, even though there's not really classical music for saxophone, it's a lot of transposed music for saxophone, but there's yeah. nothing written specifically for it. Right. But I would take a lot of that and I'd be playing a lot more classical pieces on saxophone. Mm-hmm. And he encouraged the breath control through the way I was saying. He would teach me that if I have um, the phrasing of the music, like he'd have me look at the phrasing of the music and take my breath as if I was going to sing it like this. It was just very cool. And it, made me change my love for saxophone like i picked it up because it was a i thought it was a cool instrument to play and i Mm -hmm. I knew how to play it but like it wasn't until high school that when working with him i was kind of like okay no i I like playing this this horn and i I need to to get better at it so the really cool story and this, this is all music related i found out that he was joseph pastor orchestra and he gave me of an old 45 he had that he used old 45 is a is a record for those people who don't know. <laughs> and actually it's probably, no, it was a 45 and it was his promotional, a promotional record that he used. It had like one or two songs in it of the Joseph pastor orchestra. And he gave it to me. I probably still have it. So I go home and I'm like, and I'm like, Oh ma, you know, listen, you know, Joseph pastor orchestra. And she goes, that's the group that played at my wedding. 
So <laughs> wow. my, my mom and my dad's wedding, that's what played at the group. And I was like, mm-hmm. are you serious? And she's like, yeah, we had Joseph Pastor Orchestra play. And, you know, I, I told him about it. I said this. Was, he was he goes, I don't know how much he remembered. I don't know if he said this because he was, he's just a gentleman and this is the type of person he was. Mm. But he's like, oh, yeah. I remember the wedding and stuff like that. So to note that, my grandfather, her father, sang at the wedding. Mm. He recalled that. So it had to be him because how yeah, do you recall yeah. something like that? He was, you right, know, he's talking yeah. about that. So I had my grandfather come with me one time. I'm like, take a ride with me. Come to my lesson because the guy lived in Huntington. And I would, I, you know, I'd go. So as I was able to drive because I started before I, I was able to drive, mm-hmm. um, my grandfather was like, yeah, come. And they were, t- and it was just, it's amazing how small of a world music can be because mm-hmm. it's so great because it's such a global thing. Yeah. Now I say global thing. I don't know if you have more teachers to share, but I say global thing. And I feel like that leads us into Cupid. I do have more people to share though. Let's share I, more I'm, people. No, 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 please, <laughs> please share more people. Um, so I only, only two and one of them is Victor. So we can get into Victor in a second. So I, I have um, like, I have like two I've, and I've spoken about them before, but that's about okay. it. Do you want to talk to them before I get to... Because yours are going to lead into Cupid, right? Yeah. Okay, so, all right, real quick. And it really is really quick. So when I get into college, I, being new to singing in the sense that I never took lessons, like I sang, I sang in chorus, I was in theater, I was in all that stuff. And the only lessons that I really had were a few maybe with the people in the district. So when I got into college, I was looking for... Uh, a, a teacher and breathing for me has always been an issue because I had a deviated septum mm-hmm. and I couldn't take in the breath I wanted to the way I wanted to. So I said to them, I said, I wanted someone fairly physical in the sense that they were going to work my breath control. Right. And that's when I was introduced to Barbara Fusco. So I worked with a, mm. she was an alto. I worked with an alto, um, mezzo, mezzo, no, wait, she was an alto. Yeah, I think she was an alto. She was an alto. So I worked with her for like two years. And it was the greatest experience because instead of working on my voice, we worked on my my uh, my breath control and breathing mm-hmm. and taking in the breath. I, I don't know if you ever took any of the Alexander technique courses where I they kind of, I took those. Those were phenomenal too because it helped you with mm-hmm. posture and all that stuff. Yep. And after the two years, she felt that she couldn't take my voice further, which at first I kind of took in a negative way. I'm like, you don't want to work with me anymore, like that type of thing. But then I understood what she was saying. Mm-hmm. And I moved on to Mr. Thomas Goodhart, which we've spoken mm-hmm. about before. Yep. And he just took my voice to another level. And I, I was very thankful at that time, realizing that she really pushed me in the right direction. Mm. And he worked on my falsetto as we've spoken before. He made yep. sure that all worked, all that connected, how mm-hmm. to hit my lower notes better because I was, I'm a very dark tenor. So even though I am a tenor, my, I still sound very, deep in the voice in a sense yeah. I, I guess that's the best way to explain it so i miss that mm. i miss that and 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 i know you brought up ron Michael before and his name has come he, up i'm about to bring him up again please so. do because his name has come up so many times and i'm yep. very tempted to give him a phone call yep yeah um so yeah ron Michael uh, or Michael, i think i think is how he pronounces it um so ethan his son uh, i met him in in high school he was a senior when i was a freshman 
Um, and I, I think we mentioned that um, my high school had uh, an acapella group called the Multicolored Ties. Ethan was the bass for the Multicolored Ties when I was in high school. And um, so I met Ethan then. <clears throat> and like I said, the, the choir there was a special group. You know, they always kind of embraced the new members because they knew that it was, if they didn't embrace it, they wouldn't grow and they wouldn't, you know, the, the, the whole chain would just kind of end with new people. So they really embraced the new folks um, quite well. So um, Ron came in for, so we would do clinics every summer for uh, two weeks um, and we'd bring in guest clinicians and, and Ron was always one that we brought in because he was five minutes down the road and his vocal technique is just unbelievably good. Um, and I started studying with Ron when I was in college. Um, so I went to CB Post uh, w- with you. Um, and I was in, so I don't know if you had this, but they stuck me, because my, my SAT scores were, were quite low. They stuck me in kind of like a probationary thing where they restricted my credits. So I couldn't take lessons as much as I wanted to. And, um, and because being music, there were a lot of courses that we had to take that were like one and two credits. And you know, no credits and all this sort of stuff. So trying to fit stuff into my schedule was really difficult. So I didn't have a chance to really study with a lot of people. Um, and because piano was my main instrument and I was getting a scholarship for French horn, I had to take lessons on those two instruments and I couldn't fit in voice on top of that. And so anyway, um, I did study with Tom Goodhart for a semester before I left. Um, but when I went to college, um, my, my, when I transferred out to Concordia, they didn't really have... Um, a lot of voice teachers and they didn't have a lot of room in their schedule because they were all professional musicians that we didn't have a voice faculty. It's a very small college. Right. Um, so I said, hey, I have a voice teacher here his credentials. Can I study with him? And they went, sure. I went, okay, cool. So I got credit for studying with him. Oh, that's awesome. Um, which was really awesome. And leading into, you know, Victor, um, if you've read the book, The Music Lesson, which um, I think we need to do oh, that book at, at, at least a season on because... There's just so much great stuff. We, we, he talks about his teacher, Michael. Um, Ron was my, my Michael before I knew who Michael was, you know. That's um, cool. It was, he was teaching me the stuff that Michael was teaching. You know, it wasn't, it, it's not, <clears throat> it's not teaching you how to sing, but how to realize how to sing. You know, he would guide you t- in the right direction. Because if you discover, it's, it's like that whole thing, like if you if you give a fish a man a fish, you feed him for a day, but if you teach him a fish, he, you feed him for the rest of his life. And it was the same thing there where it was like he wouldn't tell me the technique, but he would lead me in the direction to discover it for myself. Because, you know, I'm different than you and he's different. Right, you know, everyone's right. voice is, is subtly different. And if you learn how to do it yourself, there is a much better chance you're going to remember it. Um and I started taking that lesson to my students. And I wasn't, I stopped, you know, I, I was very big on, you know, when I was teaching piano, like how to like release your thumb and, you know, get a loose wrist and all this. And I started to back away from that and have them do sort of guide them by using other, you know, figuring out how to do it, doing what he did with the voice with piano and with trumpet and French horn. And, and at that point, I went from having like five or six students to having like 40. Um, so much of my teaching career, uh, much of my choral background, you know, aside from Sandy's, you know, teachings, um, really stems from Ron's technique, um, and learning how to do that. Um, and he was the first person to introduce me to meditation. And I mean, truly he was Michael, you know, and it, I mean, 
I mean, is it a coincidence that his last name is Mike Sell? Michael, <laughs> Mike Sell? I mean, you know, I mean, you look at these things that people say are, are coincidence and are they coincidences or did you really, you know, kind of, did you lead yourself there right. on purpose? Right. But Laws of attraction. It? Laws of attraction. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, so just like, so learning a technique or teaching technique, I'm going to use teaching technique. He gave you, he taught you how you, he taught you in such a way that you taught yourself. Yeah, he, he taught me how to discover my own voice is what he did. Right. So you were able to take that technique mm-hmm. and translate it to other instruments. Yep. So how amazing is that, that you mm-hmm. learn a technique from a vocalist? So mm-hmm. the first instrument in a sense, right? Yep. The first instrument, I mean, I'm sure, you know, if we were able to find a way that they had instruments, I'm sure there was something out there. Mm-hmm. But in the sense of like sound, the way we produce he was able to take a technique, teach you without really teaching you in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. You figured it out and then you were able to take that and apply it to everything else. Mm-hmm. How brilliant is that? Yeah. And I, and I love that. And you probably could apply it to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Painting. Yep. Drawing. Yep. Um, writing. Sure. You know, like, like mm-hmm. I'm sure if you, looked at it and said, okay, I could do this and I could do this. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. So and that leads me to Victor, who is, um, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting him several times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't, so don't rub it been, in. I'm sorry. Don't rub it in. Um, he gave me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first time I saw him was at the Iridium. Actually, that's not true. I saw him with Bella Fleck and the Flectones. The first time I saw him as a solo act was at the Iridium in, in New York City. Um, and I got there early cause I wanted to take pictures and, um, I called ahead and make sure that was okay. Um, and you know, I, they opened the door and you know, you go downstairs to the, to the venue and you walk in the door, you turn left and then you go downstairs. And as soon as I walked in the door, Victor was sitting in a stool greeting every single person that walked in the door and thanking them for coming to the show. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. So I went down and, you know, I, I got, it was one of those places where you get like a, you get food either before or during the show. Right. So I got food before and JD Blair was playing the drones for him that night. And, uh, so JD was setting up his stuff and I happened to be, you know, early enough that I was one of the few people that was there and JD came next, sat next to me while I was eating and we started talking. How, you know, how do you, how do you get to, you know, involved with, you know, Victor and, you know, are you a musician, this sort of stuff. We just, we sat and we chatted, you know, and it was like, you know, how often do you get to do that with these people? You know, that you know, these, these artists that they just usually come and play and you, you know, go. And then after the show, every single band member, you know, thanked us as, as we left the, you know, the, the venue. Um, and every single time I've seen him since he has done that. He is, he has welcomed people at the door and thanked them at the way on the way out. Um, that's just and that you know what yeah. that reminds me of is 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 what you and um you and Rachel do mm-hmm. uh, we um, when we spoke with to Rachel uh, I think she was like the first she was our first interview and we um you two spoke about how you thank your instruments essentially well guess where it came from is that where it came from came from Victor really does he so does he thank yep. his instruments or is it did you he take does. Oh, he does. He does. Yep. He does. Now, yep. if you if you if you reread the music lesson, oh, that's um, right. Oh my goodness, it, it's it's in yes. it's in the, the the dream chapter where yes, you know, yes, music yes, yes. says, 
don't thank me thank the tool that you you know right so yeah so i i took it from that book but he applied um, it he applies it to yeah his listeners yep and, and the other thing that he talks about in the book is how gratitude is so important and one of the things that i've learned through meditation um is one of the studies that they've done is is when you when you do a gratitude meditation you basically thank well, what they tell you to do is that you you basically thank or or send good thoughts to the people that you know, then people that you kind of know, then people that you've never met, and then people that you don't like. Right. And and what 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 they've shown in that with, with the studies of the brain is that you actually fire new like new brain connections are made when you do that. You know. So there's there is something going on during that. I don't know what it is. I don't think we know what it is yet. But the whole idea of gratitude, and that's part of why I wanted to do this, is that being grateful is so important. Um, and I remember, I, I've mentioned that I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan, um, or I was a wrestling yeah. fan. And I remember one of my favorite wrestlers is, is a guy by the name of Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, depending on what promotion he's working with. And I remember he was forced to retire because he had so many concussions. Um, and I remember his retirement speech, it was all about how grateful he was it wasn't about i hate the fact that i can't do what i love anymore it was i am grateful that i was able to do this for a career and and you know it was a short career but i I was able to do this and he was just so grateful for it you know and i think that's it's something that i don't know that we do enough is is just be grateful for what we have um i i kind of agree with you i think that uh, not to to just to step to not to step in, but just I agree on that that end of it. I think that we as there there there's something simple to just saying thank you. Yeah, it's it's not a it's it, it it's not hard to do. It's like mm-hmm. being kind. Being kind is so much easier than being angry. Yep. You know, and and this is opinion. This is not. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not an expert in the field. I, I would never claim to be, but as a on a personal level, saying thank you, no matter what, mm-hmm. is so easy to do. And I and I and I and the fact that you stated like uh, you know the fact that you pointed out that it goes on levels in meditation to the point where you're saying thank you to those that you dislike that that mm-hmm. you know though they are whomever they are, you still wish the best for them. Yep. You may not talk to them ever. You may not want to mm-hmm. have an interaction with them. You may have had a bad situation with them, but no matter what, you still want that person to have a good life. And yep. and that's huge. And mm-hmm. we've all been hurt. We've all gone through our things. And, yep. you know, I would say myself that over time, you know, maybe you've never said it to them personally, but you just want the best for everybody. And and mm-hmm. despite, even if you were the one who hurt them for whatever yep. the, re, you know, whatever the situation was, and I'm sure I've hurt people in the past and whatever the case may be, like you just want them to know that we just want the best for you. So mm-hmm. thank you. So thank yeah. that's, that's cool that I, I'm, I'm glad. And it's, it's amazing how music can do that. And, and mm-hmm. it's amazing how music can do that on the level of hearing and on the level of feeling, because like I've mentioned before, or I, I may have, um, you know, uh, my wife being hard of hearing from a deaf family when we got married half the people that were there were deaf mm-hmm. and 
they were still up dancing because they were able to feel oh, yeah. the vibrations of the music. I mean, mm-hmm. you were there, you know. I mean, you, you yep. experienced that. Uh, I do want to share a little tidbit of how good of a relationship Kyle and I have when it comes to music. Um, and and I say t- and I say this as a as a um, it's it's not like me upset in any way, shape, or form. I sang a song at my wedding to my now wife. Can you feel the love tonight? And I know me and I know how I am. And to everyone else, they were like, oh, it sounded so great. It was amazing. Thank you so much. My family was like, oh, it sounded great. Go up to Kyle. I'm like, Kyle, how did it sound? And Kyle went to me and he said, I heard you done better or do better. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's really funny. You would think that at that moment I'd be like, what that? What are you talking about? But no, I, 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 you know, I knew you would be an, you would give me an honest answer. Yep. And, and, and that to me, you know, like I said, thank you to you because, mm-hmm. you know, thank you for being honest and thank you for telling me straight out. Like I've heard you do better. And you said it was good, but I've heard you do better, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and I, so that just goes to that whole entire thing. Like I was grateful you did that. Like it yep. solidified in my mind. Cause in my mind, I'm like, Oh my God, that sucked. <laughs> you know, because that's just what you do as a musician. Mm-hmm. If, if you're, you know, most of the time you're beating yourself up, yep. you know, so everybody else is going to say it's great, but to have someone that you know, and you trust to give you a proper mm-hmm. answer, like, is and, good. and I, I'll tell you this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to say that to a lot of people. Right. There are other people that I would have to say, yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, <laughs> But you know, I I know that you could take it. Yeah. So I appreciate and you, that. And you would you yeah, and you would appreciate the actual. Yeah. No. So I I rather be told that out of anything, I would rather be told eh, it was good. You've done better. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Yep. No, that's and and the music lesson. You're right. We need to do. Yeah. Whether it's a, an I episode mean, or two on it. I'll, I mean. Buy the book. <laughs> it, yes. Buy the first. Yeah. Buy the book. Read it. So. Uh, I've, I've told people this a lot. I don't read books more than once. I've read the music lesson. I think I'm up to 18 times now. I got to pick it up um, again. Yeah. And I'm, I'm about ready to start it again. Um, and then I just, Victor came out with a second book called the spirit of music, which I have. I as just well. finished that yesterday, two days ago, something like that. Um, I, not as good as the first, but good. It was a good addition, but it's it's a different book. It's a different style of writing, I think. Um, did you listen to an audiobook of the music lesson? I did. It's fantastic. Yes. Oh, even, yeah, so if, even, so even if you're not an, a reader where you want to have the book in front of you, get mm-hmm. the audiobook version of it because it did actually, I think it either was nominated or won an award because uh, yeah. it, it's so well written and the music yep. in it is, is amazing mm-hmm. too because it, it, it goes so well with with what he's talking about. So I, yep. I think that I need to pick the book up again, reread it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do it, I got to do it. And then yep. we need to plan an episode or two of it. And if you, well, I was thinking, what if we do like a book club season where like each week we do a chapter? Can we, we do chapter? that? I don't know. We'll have to look into it. All right, listeners, this is episode 14. We're going to look into this because if that works, yes. that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it would be neat to do, you know, we all as listeners and, you know, we just, we read a chapter together a week and then we discuss the chapter do we, the next week. Do we YouTube it? 
We could. Oh. I mean, we're, I mean, we're I mean, we're not going to read the book. I mean, we're just going to talk about the right, book. So no, I mean, okay. Why can't we do that? All right. So it's kind of like a like a book club, you know, on a podcast. Being that you're such good friends with Victor Wooten, maybe you can get him to put in a few <sighs> words. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to, to, to finish continue, that story, yes, please. Yeah, to continue. So I took pictures of that show, which was the books over there. So I made a book of the of the pictures I took, and um, about ten years later, he came to Cincinnati. Um, and I was, I was sitting there and he came to the first time it was at a, at a school. He and his brothers, um, that went to Beaver Creek high school and they taught the jazz band for a week. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and then they did a concert at the end and then I was sitting there at the concert and this lady walks up on stage and I'm like, Oh, who's this goofy teacher? Like, like going up on stage, like what's going on? And she started singing and I went, I know that voice. That's Crystal Peters. And she sang at the Iridium. She toured with Victor during that first show. She lives in Cincinnati. I had no idea. And that's where he met her. Um, and then the next show, when I found he was coming back, that was the show he did with Sinbad. Um, Crystal's band opened up for them. Um, and I had the book made. So I was able to get give Victor a copy of the book, have him sign it, and have Crystal sign the book because she came and opened up the show. And she's like, oh, my God, I've changed so much. Look at that picture of me 10 years ago. Like, she's had, like, two kids since then. And um, so it was really neat to, to be able to talk to them about that show that, you know. And then Victor said, listen, I want these pictures. I was like, yeah, take them here. Like, I, I gave him the digital copies. And he's like, I'm going to make books for all these people that were on tour with me that year. And um, so, yeah. I love how humbled he is and how he's not, yeah. you know. And, I mean, it comes across in what he does. I had the, oh, yeah. I had the pleasure of sitting, into, uh, sitting in a... Um, a Zoom event, which is an all-day event for music education, and he mm-hmm. was the keynote speaker, and he was just so down to earth the way he spoke. Mm-hmm. And he didn't yep. speak down to you. He didn't speak that he was better than you. He spoke yep. to you as you were just a person standing mm-hmm. next to him. And yep. and and though his knowledge of music is crazy, um, mm-hmm. and his philosophy is amazing, and yep. even his. How, how do how do you put it? His, you know, he speaks so much in his music. Mm-hmm. Like he talks about how, like, there's a song that talks about how, like, no matter how you do it, like, I could wear the shirt this way. I forget that the intro is, but there's a guy speaking, and this, and he just plays, and I'm, and it plays to the fact that like his technique may be a little bit different than the average mm-hmm. bass player. And it talks yep. about, it doesn't matter how you do it. It's a matter mm-hmm. uh, it's, we're going to still produce the same thing at the end. Yeah. So that's, that's cool. I, yep. I've heard this Victor Wooten story multiple times and I can listen to it over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, and, and there's, I mean, there's so many great, like just, you know, clips of him playing on YouTube, but there's also great interviews you know, I mean, of him talking, there's, he gave a, a commencement speech that is 20 minutes and just, it's absolutely brilliant, you know, and um, I, I listen to that every once in a while just to, you know, get myself centered again because some of the concepts are just, are so relevant and are still relevant. Um, and one of the things that I keep coming back to, I had um, someone say to me the other day, like, how come you're such a good person? Like, I don't understand how you can how you've gone through all this in your in your life and you're still a good person. And it brings me back to something that Victor's mother would always say to him because Victor was opening up for Curtis Mayfield at the age of three or four or something like that, you know, 
and you know all of the you know all of his family friends would 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 come up to his mom and say, "Aren't you so impressed that Victor's doing this? That you know all your kids are doing this?" And she would just look at them and say, "What does the world need with another musician? What the world needs are good people." Right. And it's like, and I think that's that's kind of where Cupid comes in. You know, is you know, you know. I can I add to that before we go into Cupid? yeah, sure. You bring yeah, sure. that up, and I think that's uh, that's so awesome to hear because one of the things my grandfather used to tell me as I was going through music, he said, there will always be someone better than you. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and it's so, no one's ever said that to me before. And Mm -hmm. he says this to me, someone who's accomplished what he's accomplished, but that just shows, goes to show you that you could, you could always be better. You can always Mm -hmm. be a better person. You could always be better at what you do and how you stuff. So yes, it's a perfect segue into Cupid, Mm -hmm. which, my goodness that song yep please talk about it because can we get through this (laughs) (laughs) um let me let me bring it up bring bring it up as you bring it up i'm gonna just again at the beginning we stated how we're recording this around the time that there was multiple shootings one at an elementary school where where, we're i think they're at like 19 kids at the last time we looked were killed and a bunch of teachers it was like four or five teachers and then the mm-hmm. shooting in california and then the shooting at buffalo which we know uh, how it was driven it was racially driven and this song played and i for i i've heard it before but i didn't really process it you know when i first heard the song and then i listened to it again because there's like a track before that kind of talks about it and then yeah, there's a, there's a, vo- a vocal introduction with to with it. kids' voices. Yeah, yeah. Which which is what I'm I plan on playing. Yeah, so. please do. And 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 then the song itself. So, t- you know, share share how you're gonna share. Do it. Do it. Sure. Is anyone working with mom that makes people love each other? Love each other. Well, I believe we already have. We already have it. It brings people together, and you don't have to know anything about it to understand it. It works. It's a language. It's a language. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's called. It's called music, and it can save the world. Save the world. What I love about about this is, you know, there's there's four people on this track. I mean, it's it's Dennis Chambers on the drums, Bob Franceschini on the saxophone and flute, Victor on the bass, and Vairi Joshri, who is um, from India, um, never sat in the studio with them. Um, he basically said, here's my album, sing what you want, and send me the vocal tracks. Um, and the fact that, you know, we have that sort of around the world kind of feeling in all of this, on top of the meaning behind it, I think is is really neat. I, it's just 
I think this is why we didn't want to stop mm. half at episode whatever we were going to originally stop at. Right. Um, we're, we're having a lot of fun sharing out music and musicians and we mm. even haven't, we haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah. We, I mean, we can, I mean, just, just Victor alone, like I say, we could do a full season on Victor right. and all of his, I mean, just, I mean, just his music alone, then his philosophy, then his books, then right. Like there's just so much to cover with him, you know, which um, would take us globally yeah. because he is global with what he does. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the influence, like the influence of the of the song itself, to have that artist in there, I thought it was amazing yep. to have that that that, like. And there's not much in the sense of lyrics in there. It's just no. a few words explaining the fact mm-hmm. that we just we just need to be kind to to one yeah. another. And and I, and I love the, the the way he comes out of that. You know, where it's this little this fun little bass riff, right? You know, it's just this happy upbeat. And then the saxophone joins in and then Vira Jashri joins in and it's all, it's almost like, you know, music can bring us together. And in that moment, in that piece, it's, they all came together and then they're all singing the same or playing the same thing, the same theme, right? you know, and, and, and it's, it's a bizarre, it's a bizarre instrumentation. It's bass, saxophone and voice. It's like, that's, that's odd, you know, that's. But it works, right? And that's, that's which I think is just beautiful. And and it, it just, and, it's, and yeah, it is. It's just there's, it's one of those songs. I mean, he's he does this with many of his albums. There's at least one or two songs on there that you just go, mm-hmm. what? Yep. Like that? He just, I I don't know what to say to this. Like I, I and, yeah, you, and you yeah. just listen to it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. This was on the. Um, the Tripnotics. He has that's his most recent right, one. Palm Mystery. He has yeah, that's I saw, God, I saw God, which is gorgeous. Yep. It's a great song. Uh, and then I was listening to that on the way home. I listened to it four times. Right. On the way home and today. yeah. And and so you do the same thing I do. You repeat the song yeah. over and over and over. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And then and then um, there's another one on there that I, that I love in Palm Mystery, but the one um, that really points you. Miss you. Yes, Miss you is so good. Yeah. And then maybe we'll play that to close. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. That's that's yeah. fine. And um. Like just all his albums that when you mm-hmm. sit there and you listen there, he's, I don't know. There's like you said, we can go on and on about him. Yep. Yep. I, we, if you have never listened to Victor Wooten before, take an opportunity and just listen to one of his albums. Uh, yep. The most recent or even one of his older ones, just no matter what you're going to, you're going to, I think yep. you're going to enjoy the music because uh, though he's a bass player, and and that's what he does. There's so much more to mm-hmm. it, and his bass playing is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's so there's the show of hands, which is <clears throat> it's an album that kind of showcases his style of right. playing. Um, there's the other, what's the, um, the one with the loneliest monk on it? Uh, I'm gonna bring up. Hold on, the name of that album. I'm gonna bring up because I can't remember the names. A hundred percent. So I'm going to try to be smart sure. and grip or grab his. Uh, so we have. Yeah. All right. So surprisingly. What what did he say is the album? What did he say? What surprisingly, he doesn't have a lot of albums. No, he doesn't. So, and, and I mean, part of that is because he, he plays with uh, Bela Fleck. And right, Fleck right, 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 right. 
you know. But he starts so. with what did he say was his first album? Yep. And then he goes into Vital Tech Tones, which is uh, a tri- the trio. Um, yeah, with uh, Scott St- St- uh, Henderson. Yep. What's the Smith. other guy's name? Steve Smith. Yep. Steve Smith and Scott Henderson, yep. I think is. And then it um, goes into Ying Yang. I don't think I've listened yes. to Soul Circus yet. Actually, I think that's the okay. one I have. So, Yin Yang is a good. It's, it's a Yin Yang is a double CD. It's it's much more towards the jazz side of things than the funk side side of things. Um, but one, this is he does this um, another album too. There's one album that is purely instrumental, and the other album has vocals on it. Is that the um, Sword and Stone and Words and Tones? Sword and Stone, yep. So Sword yeah. and Stone is the same way. I know what I'm listening um, to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So just to kind of give you kind of a direction on what, on what to listen to. So A Show of Hands, I think was his first album that came out in 95. Yes, 95 it came out. He re-released it in 2016. Um, so that was his first one. That is just his thumping and just crazy technique. That's not on Apple Music. Um, it's not really the only one that I have on Apple. I don't have Show of Hands on Apple Music. I don't even have. You have a Show of Hands fifteen. I, they don't, and that's okay. that's upsetting. Oh, that there's is. his, and he also had. Oh, go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Um. So then, there's what did he say came out next, which is more funk kind of stuff. Um. And then Soul Circus. No, Yin Yang came out after that. That's the more jazzy right. album. Soul Circus goes back to the funk stuff. Um. Sword and Stone is where he starts to get into the. Kind of more. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Palm Mystery came out before that, before Soul, Sword and Stone, um, which is a, a very funky album. Palm Mystery is a album. great album, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, Sword and Stone is very philosophical, similar to Yin Yang in in meaning and philosophy. Um, like there's, there's a song called Listen and Be Silent where he, ta- he talks about, you know, how the fact that listen and silent have the same letters in it. So how can you listen if you're not silent? Right. You know, things like that. Um, it points out things like that. And then his most recent album is an album called Tripnotics, mm-hmm. and that was the one that Cupid's on. Um, very funk-driven on that one, too. So you have a really wide range of, right. you know, stuff to listen to. And then he does... Uh, so I found Show of Hands. For some reason, under an Apple Music, it's considered a compilation album. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, and then okay. his his 2001 album, Live in America. Oh, I forgot about Live in America. So oh. good. What a good uh, album that just, is. Uh, oh, listen to that. If you want to listen to anything, I, listen yeah, to that. I, I, I think that's the one to listen to. Yeah. Um, and if you like that, then branch out to the other stuff. Yeah. And then he's, you know, they put him on different, you know, what other albums he has been on, which, I've, which yep. is funny because they don't connect it to Bella Fleck and the Flecktones. Really? On Apple Music, they don't. Huh. And that's really where he kind of made his name. Uh, they mention Bellflick and the Flectones, but like appears on. They don't put anything mm-hmm. unless, I don't know, I have to look. But um, yeah. And another good one, I forgot about the Music Lesson soundtrack. That's a good one too. That's, that's yep, that's up here too. The soundtrack. Yeah, I was just saying, the soundtrack itself is just well done. They're not crazy long songs because they're, mm-hmm. you know, like they're transitional songs or whatever, but just the quickness and the couple of, it won five Grammys. Mm. It was, it won five Grammys in 2011. See, yep, I can't speak 2000 level. <laughs> so, 
Um, <sighs> Good old Victor. And and he, I would take him on. I, we talk about teachers. So mm-hmm. even though we, I, I'm going to say me, I'm, 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 this is my opinion. You may, may agree or disagree. Even though I've never personally met him like Kyle have has, but, and I've never personally taken a lesson from him in any way, shape or form. Mm. He's still a teacher. Oh yeah. And I think that's something that is huge and we need to be aware of. So you're going to have those teachers that impact you in your life because they're right there in front of you. And mm-hmm. then you're going to have those teachers that you may never meet ever in person or ever work yep. with them on a musical level because we're talking about music, but they're still going to impact you. Like mm-hmm. you're st- and and there are there are YouTube videos where he talks about like music theory, right. and like I like my music theory is pretty good. And when I heard him explain stuff, I was like, "Oh wow, I didn't think about it that way," you know. So like he he goes he talks about um, like key signatures. So I'm gonna get a little bit technical for a minute. Um, so like the key of A right has three sharps, right? The key of A flat has four flats. It always adds up to seven. And I was like, whoa. Because <laughs> I, I, I just I never thought of it that way. And then he said, the, in the A major scale, there is no note that is the same as the A flat major scale. Like, duh. Like, of, of course that makes sense because it's, it's, it's the yin-yang right. of scales. Right. So A and A flat, different, completely different. Right. They're the opposite of each other, and I never thought of it that way. And I started explaining the way he explains that to my students, and you know, it it changed the way they understood theory. And that's exactly what he spoke about when he spoke in the keynote. As simple yeah. as the circle of fifths, yeah, or a breakdown of that. He, but when I listened to him, like, and it's basic theory. It's just he was yeah. talking basic theory, and and when we say mm-hmm. basic theory. Stuff that anybody can learn. It's not yeah. anything that, you know, and I'm sitting here going, what? Just yeah. like you did. I'll be like, yeah. Um, yeah. I just I've known this all my for how and long? Like, and, <laughs> and and he just like in 30 seconds blew my mind. Right. Uh, like, like, and it's stuff that I, I guess I probably knew, but I never thought about it in that way. And it made it so much easier for my students to understand because he teaches you to to release your your thought process and approach it completely exactly. different. And that and that's yeah. the thing is just mm-hmm. you know be thankful, yeah. listen to everyone you can think of that can influence you. So you you may not be influenced by Victor Wooten, but you may be by somebody else. Yeah, and all that amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This night, I just I don't know what else to say because I could go on. Uh, yeah. I, if we keep talking about him, it'll be another two mm-hmm. hours of this. Yep, yep. So, so why why don't we just close that? We'll we'll use "Miss You Okay" as a, I, as a I, any song you choose will will make okay. me a happy camper. Um, if you haven't guessed, Kyle does most of the editing, so uh, he gets to choose the ending song. I think he's been doing a pretty good job with the ones that you've ended with. I like them. Oh, thanks. No, hey, good editing, good editing song. You know, can't yeah. can't break the flow. Um, yeah. We're. I think I need to listen to Miss You before I go to bed. Yeah, I agree. And and I and and we're not going to tell you what's coming up, because 
each we don't ep- know. Well, it's <laughs> yeah, we don't know, and we haven't played that far because we're like we said, we're we're seven weeks ahead at right. this point. So and we just we're um, we're having fun, we're so we don't want to like lock us into something and then and then change it up. So we're gonna have some interview more interviews coming up. We're just not sure when and how they're gonna fit in. And we're just gonna have some uh, some more fun with this. So this was yep. a this was fun, and I look forward to talking about Victor Wooten again. Yep, me too. Yeah, we gotta plan that out. So, uh, you got the closing, or do I have the closing? Uh, you got the closing. I don't have it. All right. So, to change up things a little bit. Oh boy. No, no, nothing crazy. We just we we have a, a few people that have uh, have reached out to us and interacted with us and have have given us some feedback and and we just want to give a quick shout out to a few people. Uh, we like to give a shout out to Carmen, a shout out to Charlotte. And a shout out to Jimmy for being a few of our weekly state listeners. So they are stateside. Uh, we thank you. We thank you for, uh, you know, listening to us, having us in your ears weekly and, and, and sharing what, what, what comes out of it. So thank you very much. Yes. Thank you very much. And, and to kind of piggyback on what we've been talking about most of the night. Um, thank you to all of our teachers, um, whether we mentioned you or not, um, you know whether you're, you know, one of our teachers or one of just a, just a teacher listening in general. Thank you for what you do, um, and keep it up. Yeah, thank you so much. And please, if if you're listening to us and you were one of our teachers, reach out to us. Yeah. Yep, we'd love to talk to yeah. you. All right. Thank you, Kyle. This was this is fantastic, and and I'm looking forward to uh, moving to the, to the next episode and and. Once we figure out what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Thank you for listening to Turn On The Music, the podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Follow us on Twitter at Turn On The Music and on Instagram at Turn On The Music Podcast. If you like what you heard, share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us out or help us promote the show, head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Remember, always share the music. Have a good evening, Kyle. You too, sir. Ah.